brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. As someone whose job it is to notice things and report them to you, it appears to me that in the traditional Catholic world, a lot of people have lost their trust in Archbishop Vigano. I don't know if it's because of some statements he's made recently or if it's out of a sense that the good archbishop has said a lot of things but hasn't concretely done that much or because he's wrapped himself up in American and Italian politics to some degree. But the sense I'm getting is that at least some people's trust has waned with him and they don't rely on the things that he said nearly as much as they used to. I rarely start a video with asking you to let me know what you think, but just this once in the comments, let me know what you think of Archbishop Vigano, because my suspicion is that the support for him is less now than it was a year ago. And I ask because he dropped a new bombshell statement of it on the church, this time calling for an investigation into the circumstances of Benedict XVI's resignation from the papacy. And he flat out states that if it was true that Benedict didn't step down willingly, then Francis's elevation is, by extension, invalid. That's a major statement to make. That statement, plus some advice from Vigano on how to proceed at the end of Lent in a holy manner, are coming up now here in this video. I'll be using the version published in Italian and translating it through an algorithm for you. And because Dr. Marshall focused on the Benedict question, I'm going to cover that for you in case you didn't see what he had to say there, but I'm going to cover more his question, not just on the conclave that was an extension of that question, but on the credibility issue, because his interviewer brings that up too, asks him, you know, what do you say to people who say you haven't done much? And I'm also going to focus on his advice for Lent. So let's get into this. The statements were given in the form of an interview with Italian journalist Aldo Maria Valli, and the interview ran the gamut of topics. And I'll have it linked for you in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a.org at the end. I'll have it in the original Italian there for those of you who may not trust the translations offered by other outlets. You'll just want to look for the post with today's episode title, and you'll find a link there. The interview is definitely interesting, and the Archbishop responds to criticism, which is needed, frankly, but he also gives some needed advice. But he begins with this. The interviewer asks him the following question, quote, question, recently a memorandum was shot among the members of the Sacred College signed with the pseudonym Demos, which lists the disasters caused at every level, doctrinal, pastoral, managerial, economic, legislative, by the pontificate of Bergoglio. Better late than never, commented some, while others said, it is useless to close the barn when the oxen have already escaped. What do you think of that memorandum? Do you think it was the work of a cardinal? Is it the symptom of a belated awareness? Vigano's answer. The memorandum lists the horrors of the Bergoglian quote-unquote pontificate, and this certainly is already progress compared to magnifying it. But the horrors and errors of the Argentine and his court did not appear out of nowhere, as if the previous pontificates, everything was perfect and wonderful. The crisis begins with Vatican II. Deploring the symptoms of an affliction without understanding its causes is a useless and harmful operation. The College of Cardinals is not persuaded that it is necessary to, to return to what the Church believed, taught and celebrated until Pius XII, any opposition to the current regime will be doomed to certain failure, end quote. So there's a move right now by former traditional Catholics to mock the position that Vatican II is the source of our woes as Catholics. 
No traditional Catholic actually makes that claim. It's a character of the claim that traditional Catholics make. We don't make the claim that Vatican II is where our woes come from. It's where the modernists who were in the church before managed to take ideological control with their errors, but the church had serious problems before that. Vigano here is bringing attention to the role Vatican II played in the rise of modernism in the church, but because it's such a short statement, it would be easy to think he's endorsing the idea that Vatican II is the source of all of our problems, when in previous interviews and letters that I've covered here, he's had a more nuanced take. But Vigano moves to the question of the next pope. Is there a good option among the College of Cardinals for a next pope? Instead of answering that question, he hits the church with what is called the Beneplenist claim, or one variation of it at any rate, that the resignation of Benedict may have been illicit and forced, and thus, by extension, Francis is an illegitimate pontiff. Quote, question, within the College of Cardinals, in your opinion, is there a credible, authentic Catholic figure on which the Cardinals, in the event of a conclave, could make the support converge for a total change of register compared to the current pontiff? Answer, certain popes, let us not forget, are granted. Others are inflicted. But before discussing the next conclave, it is necessary to shed light on the abdication of Benedict XVI and on the question of the frauds of the 2013 conclave, which sooner or later will have to give rise to an official investigation. If there were to be proofs of irregularity, the conclave would be null. The elevation of Bergoglio, null, just as all his appointments, acts of government, and magisterium would be null. That would be starting over, and it would, be, it would providentially bring us back to the status quo ante with a college of cardinals composed only of cardinals appointed up to Benedict XVI, ousting all those who created since 2013, notoriously ultra-progressive. Certainly the current situation, with all the rumors about Ratzinger's resignation and Bergoglio's elevation, does not help the ecclesial body and creates confusion and disorientation among the faithful. End quote. Which brings us to the question of what is Archbishop Vigano actually doing? Many traditional Catholics have expressed being tired of Vigano and his writings because they say he isn't doing anything concrete in the face of rising evil in the church. That it's easy to write letters from a hidden place and address conferences via the internet. As his critics from the traditional world do sometimes say, you probably have seen these critiques online elsewhere. They say he has done little concrete since his first letters appeared on the Feast of the Queenship of Mary in 2018. Here are, is his response to his critics. Quote, question, among some Catholics, there is an objection addressed to you, which goes more or less like this. Monsignor Vigano is now too busy with politics and economics, moving away from his field of action, which should be the most strictly religious and therefore theological, doctrinal, and pastoral. How do you respond to this criticism? Vigano's answer. But what do these know of my pastoral activity? With the strength that the Lord grants me, I carry out an intense pastoral and doctrinal activity, which represents my main commitment. Together with the spiritual and material support of priests and faithful from all over the world, a priestly action that does not make the news, also because I am not in the habit of taking the troop with me. On the other hand, those who attack me today because I speak of political or the present situation emergency, yesterday attacked me because I denounced the corruption in the church the deviations of the council, the reformed liturgy. The sectoralization of skills is an excellent tool with which the opponent decides, motu proprio, what his interlocutor is authorized to say, when he can do it, what qualifications he must have in order to pronounce. Who has decided that a bishop cannot intervene in politics? The secularists, and among Catholics, 
those who curiously let bishops and ultra-progressive clerics rant, who swoon if Bergoglio speaks against the uh, former American head of state, or in favor of the current Canadian one, but they tear their clothes if a bishop does not please the system or does not follow the narrative to unified networks of single thinking. I do not think St. Ambrose, who also came from the public administration and who was an acclaimed bishop when he was still a layman, ever had any qualms about intervening in political matters. Since the bishop is a shepherd and among the sheep of the flock that the Lord has assigned to him are humble and powerful people, there are subjects and rulers, men and women, honest citizens and criminals. They are all sheep to be led in the pastures and and from protection from the wolves. It seems to me that in my interventions, I have always and only pursued the mission that the Lord has entrusted to me as a successor of the apostles, working for the salvation of souls in an hour in which humanity is falling into the abyss without anyone launching it. Alarm for imminent danger. End quote. Finally, Vigano is, is asked here about, frankly, what I think is the most important thing, which is our spiritual welfare and how we can finish Lent in a holy manner. We really need to make Lent count this year. And you know what? If we've stumbled, that's fine. It happens. But we need to make the rest of Lent count. So we need to finish the race strong. Vigano gives some good advice here. Quote, question. We are preparing to enter Holy Week. Your Excellency, would you like to say a word to help us live it well in an authentically Catholic way? Vigano's answer. With the fifth Sunday of Lent, we have entered the time of passion, which will culminate in the celebration of the sacred triduum. The beauty and profound spirituality of the rites of these days are a precious opportunity to worthily complete Lent in preparation for the resurrection of our Lord. We contemplate the Hosanna of the crowd who triumphantly receives the son of David in Jerusalem and who shortly afterwards allow themselves to be manipulated by the Sanhedrin and, and invoking Pilate for the crucifixion of the king of Israel. May there be a warning to keep us away from bad advisors and authorities. Corrupt following the Lord with courage along the way of the cross. Let us contemplate the painful scourging, the crowning with thorns, the ascent to Calvary, and the crucifixion of our Lord. After an unjust and unjust sentence carried out by the civil authority to please the interests of high priests, spiritually uniting them ourselves to the passion of our most holy Redeemer, let us not be deceived by those who, using their authority, would still like to send our Lord Jesus Christ to death, repeating the words of that time. Non habemus regem nisi Caesarum. We have no king other than Caesar. They will look to him whom they have pierced, says the scripture. Let us also look to the Savior, disfigured by the torments of the passion, considering how much each part of us has had in the pains of our Lord. Let us repent of our sins, our infidelities, our human respects, our silences. Let us shake ourselves from our mediocrity and stand up courageously under the banner of the king, starting with a life in the grace of God, the recitation of the Holy Rosary assistance at Holy Mass, frequent confession and communion, and let us remember that there is no resurrection without the cross, and that the instrument of death has become, through the most precious blood shed by the Lord, an emblem of life and victory, end quote. The advice to shake ourselves free from mediocrity is good advice, which we should take because living lives in Christ and in the church means that we should not be mediocre in a spiritual sense, not in the sense that the world would push on us. We should heed the Archbishop's advice on this, Mediocrity in the spiritual life is not a Catholic way to live. Saints Peter and Paul in their writings make reference to finishing the race and comparing life to an athletic event. We should consider it in the same way, to not be mediocre, not miss our prayers, and to keep our hearts and minds in these last days of Lent on the passion and cross of our Lord. It is food for thought. So like I asked at the beginning, what do you think of Archbishop Vigano? Has your opinion on him changed since the first letter he released? 
Let me know in the comments, please. Uh, is it good that he's asking the question about Francis and his pontificate and the resignation of Benedict and everything that goes with it? Or is it at this point kind of pointless? What about his Lenten advice or his response to his critics? Are, were, were those things good? Let me know what you thought of those in the comments, please. Let me know what you have to say and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, especially in these days. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.